You are listening to Prime Focus. Prime Focus is a radio program produced by the IHW Foundation. Music on today's episode is sponsored by the Alliance of Women Film Composers. To learn more about Prime Focus, the IHW Foundation, the Alliance of Women Film Composers, visit our website at www.ihwfoundation.org. This is Prime Focus, a radio talk show about the women in the field of cinema and other media platforms. I am your host, Sonia Dunn. Welcome to today's show. We're going to have a great show today because our guest today is actress and director Toy Lee. But before we get more to her, let's take a listen to this music composed by Cindy O'Connor. Cindy O'Connor is an arranger, performer, and composer for film and theater. She was born in Santa Fe, California, but was raised in Japan before she made her way back to the States. Her composing film credits include Not Forgotten, Forgiving the Franklins, The Black Dahlia, The Secret Lives of Bees, and MV series The Black Donnellys. Cindy O'Connor is also an award-winning composer for theater. Several of her original musicals have been produced abroad, including All That He Was, which won the Kennedy Center's ACTF National Musical Theater Award, and also published by Samuel French. Her latest work is being the composer on the TV series Once Upon a Time. We will hear more music from our feature composer, Cindy O'Connor, throughout today's show on Prime Focus. was Forgiving the Franklins by Cindy O'Connell. Before we close out this month of May, I wanted to highlight an emerging actress, narrative director, and action director, Toy Lee. Toy Lee was born and raised in Brooklyn, New York, and she has a master's from MIT. Currently, she's involved in two mentorship programs for directing and stunt choreography in the LA area. On today's show, she will share with us about these two mentorship programs, as well as her journey from New York to LA, from being an actress in front of the camera to directing behind the camera and eventually getting into stunts. Ladies and gentlemen, Toy Lee. Thank you so much for being on our show today. Toy, um, where are you originally from? Uh, I was uh, born in New York City, Brooklyn. I'm a Brooklyn girl. And how long did you live in Brooklyn before you headed to LA? Or was it a straight shot or, or was it a, a several detours? Yeah, no, there was a couple. Of, there's definitely a couple of detours. Uh, I've been in LA now for about 10 years. Um, but before that, yes, I was along the East Coast for, you know, most of my life. What did you do in New York before you headed to L.A.? Uh, yet another detour of life. I was <laughs> several things. <laughs> I, uh, you know, was first, uh, um, I'm an ABC, an American-born Chinese. Um, I had the typical Chinese upbringing of going to very, you know, high, highly, highly sought-after educational institutions. Uh, and then, um, during that period, I, uh, I, I started playing music. I actually was a DJ for a while and then, um, uh, and then started from there, started playing music and writing music. Um, 
after doing music, I uh, I was sort of getting burnt out with the touring scene because I was actually touring, and it was just just too much after a while. And then I went into acting. Um, so then I spent some time producing theater, which I thought would kind of be a nice little uh, nice little entree into acting, but it actually takes away from the acting. So I left New York and the whole off-Broadway scene and came out to L.A. to just pursue being an actor. Um, and now I'm full-time into film, filmmaking, acting, and all that kind of stuff. Now, you said that you went to school. Did you get a graduate degree, grad, undergrad degree somewhere? Yeah, I went to undergraduate school at Wellesley College, and then I went to um, graduate school at MIT for <laughs> my educational pedigree. And, and what were your fields of studies at both? Well, at uh, Wellesley, I pulled together an ind independent major of arts and technology, and then I did end up going to the MIT Media Lab, which is all about art and technology and future futuristic technology. What does that mean, futuristic technology? Well, at the time it was um, computer graphics, computer music, um, uh, um, multimedia workstations, uh, um, things that you would see in movies now quite regularly, things that, uh, things that uh, built into our daily lives quite regularly that people kind of take for granted the whole technology process. I mean, a very good example was that I did some early research on um, noise cancellation, uh, noise cancellation systems, which are now, in, you know, sold as headsets by Boeing. Hmm. I know. Who would have thought? Yeah. Uh, so, was your first love sound? Yes, it was. Well, uh, my first, my, it's weird. I, I had always wanted to be an actor growing up as a kid, but, you know, it was my parents being, you know, typical Chinese parents, it was never kind of really an option. Uh, and, you know, they certainly didn't want to cart me around to auditions and stuff. Uh, I got... As an alternative, I got stuck into music, which I still love music. It's still a big part of um, my daily existence. And so I decided to, uh, I kind of, you know, went into music because I just kind of fell into it. Um, just because I was around it so much all the time. So I started creating music and then, you know, also being at the uh, MIT Media Lab. Uh, I specialized in audio and music and that kind of stuff. So how did you segue from sound and audio to um, stunts and acting? Well, uh, okay. So part of the reason why when I was a child I was I wanted to be an actor and, uh, and stuff and didn't didn't get very far with it was also I had a lack of interest. It wasn't like a super passion. It was very weird. I had a passion for it, but I didn't have a passion for it. And the reason why was when I was growing up in New York City, um, my parents on the weekends would take me to Chinatown and we would watch, you know, they would do grocery shopping, whatever, but we would also go to the movie theater every week and watch Chinese movies. And, um, and I loved that, and that's what sparked my interest. But while my mother, there was only a double feature, my mother always loved the romantic dramas. And me and my father were all about the Kung Fu movies. <laughs> I mean, I couldn't get enough. And that's what really sparked my interest. The problem was at the time, that, you know, at the time, there were no female, uh, you know, and then as I started assimilating toward American culture, because, you know, I grew up, Chinese, basically, um, Chinese in America, but I started assimilating toward American culture. Uh, number one, there were no Asians on TV. There were no Asians in American Hollywood movies. Uh, and there were certainly no female action heroes 
uh, back then. So all these auditions that the few auditions that my my parents managed to uh, you know get enough energy to drive me to. <laughs> I was like, I hate this. <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't what I wanted to do and I had no there was no light, there was no there was no um there was no marker sign, there was no neon, you know, arrow pointing me, Oh well you the reason why you love movies and you want to act is because you want to be in female you want to be in action movies. Um uh yeah. But, you know, if, in order to do that, you have to do it yourself because they don't exist right now. Like, no one ever said that to me, and I never figured it out. So it was like, even though I loved and wanted to be in movies, it was like, I don't want to do this little thing that you're asking, this little sitcom that you're asking me to do. And, uh, so the frou-frou dresses <laughs> and the, oh, I'm so in love with this guy type scenarios were not for you. girls were written as little girls, you know, I mean, even the adult girls were written as little girls. Um, they were always waiting for the man to come save them, and they were screaming in the corner and crawling into the corner, and I'd be like, get the hell up and defend yourself. <laughs> I mean, like, doesn't that make sense? Don't just sit there and scream in the corner while the guy's, the killer is coming after you. Get up and do something. Like, I mean, Really? Yeah, really. But that the logic, the logic, even the human logic, didn't even make sense to me. So um, the stories never made sense to me. So I just it, it was easy for me to walk away from acting at the point and just go look at something else. And because I never, also, like I said, I never had a mentor to be like, oh well, this is what you really want to do. And unfortunately, you're going to have to be the first one. And I'm like, uh, because it's the uh, you know, in, in the back in the day, even uh, the you know, the Shaw Brothers, the Chinese movies, which is which is what we were watching, there were definitely women in there. You know, women in there cutting off heads, cutting off limbs, fighting around, riding horses, blah blah blah, you know, and that's what I was enamored by. So it was hard to understand the as a child, it was hard to understand the jump. That's that's what I'm saying. Do you think from your perspective that Western films um, still have a way to go as far as depicting females and actions like they do in Eastern films? Um, I think that um, Western films have a long way to go in just de depicting women. Um, there are, or just, just people in general. I mean, there are so many, um, there's so many types out there now, you know, and, and so, so I, I, I made this film Boxer, and it's doing really well. And um, people are like, how did you, yeah, how did you even come up with that character? And I'm like, dude, it's low-hanging fruit. So really, I mean, I just look at myself and be like, here's, 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 here's a film I would like to make, and, which no one has ever made because they don't think that someone, like a person like me, could be like this. And the, the story came together literally in 15 minutes. 15 minutes. Because it was low-hanging fruit, because it was me. Uh, I made a story about, like, uh, a middle-aged contract killer but who's female. But they make a ton of middle-aged contract killers who are male, but they don't make a single one about a female. So the whole playing field is completely open to me. We will be back with our guest, Toy Lee. After this song entitled Firebomb by Cindy O'Connell.
are listening to WERA 96.7 in Arlington, and this is Prime Focus. We are back with our guest, Toy Lee, discussing how she has transitioned from being in the music scene to acting. And now her directorial debut that has been getting a lot of buzz in the short film, The Boxer. Let's backtrack and let's talk about Boxer for a moment. Um, It is a short film that's getting a lot of traction. Um, You said that you came up with the concept in 15 minutes. What was the whole process in as far as the production of it? Was it difficult to get everybody together to help you make this? Um, Okay, so... Here's what's interesting. <laughs> it, as, as it turns out, um, to make short films that are action-oriented is a rarity because, uh, because action films require, I think, a certain skill set. It requires, it's like saying, you have to learn how to make, be a filmmaker exciting and that they update things they, you know, they take you to that point of on the edge of your seat kind of thing, you know, when, and how to express a, a story in physical movement and not in dialogue. You know what I mean? Yep. So it, it requires another scoop. And the problem is that with action films is that, you know, you, 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 uh, you know, if you are even just with one other person, it requires two people who know how to actually physically move. And to convey, and to be able to convey that emotionally, which is yet another skill set. So it starts becoming very expensive or, or a hard to do item for short filmmakers because they don't have the money or they don't. Uh, most short films are short films because, you know, there's, a, a, uh, you know, a lack of funding. It's usually independent and all that kind of stuff. Um, uh, and then you have to bring in third people. You have to bring in bloody, bloody blogs. So anytime, it, I'm in a very nice, I, I'm very blessed, I'm very blessed. I'm in a very nice position. I know a bunch of people, and um, and anytime I say, I'm, uh, I'm going to make another film, they all know it's going to be action, and so they're all like, I want to do action, because they don't have the experience, you know, that there's very few opportunities to actually do a short action film. There's tons of, exper- there's tons of opportunities to do feature films that are action because, you know, a lot of the big feature films are action, but how do they get on that set without having experience first? Does that make sense? Yep. It does. So, so my crew and my cast come together very, very quickly. Um, In fact, I in pre-production for a new shoot uh, that's happening in May, and my crew and my cast came together very quickly because they all wanted to get some experience doing action. So what about as far as, without giving too much away, as far as you have a, a child actor in the film, what was it like working with a kid? Oh, it's great. Me and kids have a good time. Because <laughs> basically I have the mentality of a 12-year-old, so we work out a little bit. <laughs> I am not much older than 12 myself, so I'm going to tell good. I think everyone is to a certain extent. So yeah, no, and, and no, I mean that's um, that's not to say that um, I mean Perry, who played my son in the film, is I mean he's just amazing. I mean you can tell, you know he I, I didn't really have to give him a lot of direction. <laughs> I just sat here, Perry, sit here and like get my get my hands. So he did it, and it was was in the in the cutest you know, cutest, most innocent manner, and it was so perfect. I mean, that's exactly the kind of, you know, I mean, it, it, was, it, was, it was great. I mean, that, I, I, couldn't, I couldn't have cast anyone. I can't imagine anyone else in that role at this point. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I'm going to ask you about the other person that you had to direct in the film, and that was yourself. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, you in this film have actually won a, a very um, um, 
prestigious award. It's an emerit award with accolades for your acting in this short. Um, how do you how do you cope with being a woman of color, especially in one of the the most least represented underrepresented groups in the industry, um, and in trying to in trying to get out there for people to take you uh, more seriously as an actor? as an actress how does that yeah. what's that like well it took a long freaking time <laughs> it took a really long time uh, I, I do have to tell you Sergeant, uh, this past two years have been exceptional for me I, I feel like a rocket has taken off on my career um, you know uh, but it took a really long time and I honestly I don't think it takes anybody else um, any less time, unless they do the casting couch thing, which does exist, by the way. Um, and, uh, you know, those people, you know, it takes a year. So the people <laughs> who decide, well, you know, it's so funny, nobody likes to talk about it, but I'm just going to put it in plain detail, like, here are, the, here, are the, here are the statistics. You know, this is what I know, you know, uh, this is what I've experienced. Um, but and, and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna judge it I'm not gonna you know whatever but these right. are so, so if I just you know say it in plain you know plain words as non-judgmental but this is exactly what happens then you know it my might it might it might make it better I'm not sure um, you know it's true it's a very passionate art form and people do get caught up and you know do get caught up in uh, you know interpersonal relationships in this art form because, you know, you have actors burying their souls in the camera and you just kind of fall in love with that, you know, that, that's why we love actors. Um, that's why we love really good actors. Um, they're burying their souls on the camera. But um, uh, for the people who choose not to go to Catholic health throughout, uh, it takes about 10 years. I mean, yes, Brad Pitt, it took him about, it took him 10 years. He was a 10 year overnight success. Um, and so, um, so I just walk in. Well, I do have to say that I'm in that time period where people are really trying to be open to um, different types in uh, in roles, you know. Right. And, and you know, it, 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 honestly, it's far more interesting to watch somebody who's different do something that you know because it's like that's weird and then it's like oh my god and then you like uh, a boxer is a great example a female a middle-aged female contract killer think about that for a second with a child all sorts of stories can come up with that you know what i mean yeah you know it's not it's not like it's a loner anymore does that make sense yeah it's not like this one one person rampage shooting rampage is not that anymore. All of a sudden the story is different. So I think that I mean I know that like I know for a fact that at NBC because I used to have a mentorship at NBC, there they are um, you know they, they they talk about diversity at every you know at every staff meeting every staff meeting. They talk about how they can be more diverse, and they're trying to bring people in. And it, but it does. People don't realize that this is the um, the. Uh, it's not like okay, we're going to be more more diverse, and therefore next week you see you know a whole bunch of color on TV. It doesn't work that way. I mean, there. This is a giant machine. Remember, this, this is an industry. This is entertainment. This is business. Think about IBM, or think about HP, or think about you know. Uh, any of the big pharma, Johnson Johnson, you know, you want them to make a drastic change of some sort. It doesn't just ch turn on a dime. A tractor does not turn on a dime. But it takes time to make the tractor turn around. It takes time for big pharma to turn around. It takes time for the entertainment industry to turn around. They're, they're trying to do it. I know that they're trying to do it because I've been approached several times. They're trying to do it, but it takes time. The whole process takes time. And I think people forget that um, we still have to keep reminding them, no doubt, that this problem exists and we keep turning the tractor. You know what I mean? 
but they are trying to turn the tractor. I know that. And that alone makes me feel really good so that what I'm trying to do, me myself personally, is just only show up to the audition or to set or, you know, always show up with a positive attitude of supporting them to keep turning the tractor um, and always doing great work, you know, because to prove to them that um, people of color, ethnicity, are, there are some really great actors out there, and it doesn't depend on gender or race or religion or anything. And if, if people can show up and just be professional and do great work, you will, when the tractor finally turns around, get hired. There you go. We'll be right back with our guest, Toy Lee, right after this. was Jack Lays a Trap by Cindy O'Connor and you're listening to Prime Focus with me your host Sonia Dunn and we're talking with actress director Toy Lee and we were just beginning to discuss her mentorship with NBC. I'm going to go back to something you said you said something about a mentorship program that you're in involved in? Yeah I'm uh um, um I have a men- I have two mentorships really quite awesome um, I have one with NBC with their diversity program uh, with Grace Moss, who's totally awesome, and also uh, one with stunt, uh, Wayne Levitt, who is a stunt co- major stunt coordinator in town uh, to to uh, learn about action film directing and stunt, uh, you know, so that I could see what, I mean, if you watch my short films, I don't do huge stuff, in my opinion. It's not like it's not like uh, these are the stunts they do in Fast and Furious. These are the stunts they do in The Matrix. No, they're not. They're small stunts, you know. Um, it's because, you know, money, time, you know, uh, skill levels, right. all that sort of thing. But Lane, for example, you know, has worked on, if you, you look, his, look his IMDb up, you know, his wife is, was the um, motorcycle level for uh, Trinity in The Matrix. Uh, Lane always works on the Fast and Furious sets uh, and that kind of stuff. So he knows these big stunts. He knows what to, he knows what to look out for. It's always just such a pleasure to work with him to be able to see his process of um, safety on set and how to pull off a stunt and the research that he does to pull off the stunt and that kind of stuff. So I'm because ass- it's not just they show up. It's not that they just show up and say, "Okay, let's do a stunt." No. No, they spend time before, in, in, while, while, while producers do pre-production, they spend time researching the stunt, doing it, trying to figure out the best way to do it so that the least amount of impact and hurt will happen and, and it works with the camera. So I'm assuming that the NBC mentorship is, is, is for directing? Is, is that what that's for? Yes, it's addressing, yes. Okay, we'll come back to that, but let's stay on stunts. As far as you've done some stunt coordinating, correct? 
Um, I wouldn't consider myself a coordinator. Uh, how do you define I, I yourself in stunts? So sorry. So how do you define yourself in the okay. stunt industry? Um, I, I think I have a little bit of a different definition than most um, than what goes on in Hollywood. Uh, typically, on a on a, on a set, and, uh, there's the director, and then there's a stunt coordinator. Um, my the way I view this, and it's kind of like a, a conglomeration of Eastern and Western ways of making film. In Eastern, in Chinese movies, they typically have a director, and then they have an action director. Right. I I tend to more see myself as an action director. Now, the director is the one who has the overall vision for the film. The action director is the one who takes care of making sure that action shows up on camera really well. And a stunt coordinator is their number one job is to keep people safe. I, I believe that in order to do action very well, you need all three. You know, um, I, I, I don't think that's a Hollywood thing at all because they, they really just have the coordinator and they have the director. And then in, 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 in Asia, they just have the, uh, if it's not a, if the director doesn't know anything about action, it's just an action director. But, you know, a lot of people get hurt in Asia. <laughs> <laughs> Do. I mean, if you watch those crazy Thai people, it's amazing their stunts, but I'm like, oh my God. So there's an action director, but no yeah. stunt coordinator. So Yeah, exactly. Because there's, no, there's no guy watching out for somebody's safety. Those Thai people are crazy. Um, but um, so I believe in order to do an action film really, really well. And, and Sonia, I, I'm, I, I'm probably going to be like, if anyone hears this, they're probably going to be like, she's wrong, you know, blah, blah, blah. I'll probably get lambasted at some point. <laughs> but, um, you know, uh, I, I believe that you need all three. If you are not a director who knows how to do action, you need an action director. If you are an action director who doesn't know how to tell a story, you need a director. You know, that's my opinion. Yeah. You know, and, and if you want everybody to walk away having a great time, having a great experience, you need a coordinator. I'm trying to change things a little bit on my set anyway to kind of do best process here. You know what I mean? Yes. Try to figure out try to figure out better processes than what we have now, because I think that's also what stagnates filmmaking is old processes, um, old processes that don't work anymore. Yeah. Yeah. That they need to grow. All processes need to grow over time. That's the evolution of anything. That's the evolution of people, of, of, of art. It's the, the process, just the word process itself, it means to move forward. So it always has yeah. to be reinvented. Yeah. So, so yeah, yeah, I agree with you. I just happen to be lucky that I, I can actually tell a story and I can actually direct action. So, um, so I can put me and me uh, as a director and me as an action director in one person. So what? Um, so what are you um, um, doing this mentorship with NBC? What's the process? Um, well, I I think contact with Grace who is still approachable, and I'm sure she would probably tell anybody who talk to anybody who wanted to approach her. She's so generous. Um, and, for and, those I, who, and, uh, and for those who do not know who she is, just give us a little background. Grace Ross is the uh, director of diversity initiatives over at NBC, NBC Universal. Um, she's the one who pulls together all the um, all the all the programs that they have for uh, diversity. There, she's the one who sits in the meetings with the board about diversity issues. Um, um, and she is such a strong believer and a, such a great um, uh, trumpeter for our cause. And she's always, always trying to get people in front of the NBC people. We'll be back with our interview with Toy Lee after this song by Senior O'Connor called Evening Prayer.
listening to Prime Focus, and I'm your host, Sonia Dunn, and we're currently talking to actress and narrative director, Toy Lee. Let's get back onto Toy. Where does Toy see herself five years from now? Five years from now? Yeah. Um, okay, I, 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 I say this now, and um, I say this now, but it might change. You know? I'm always open to change the idea that I might not be who I am five years from now. But uh, I love acting. I love acting. I love it. That's why I'm an actor. I became a director because I couldn't find anybody. I, 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 there were no stories that I wanted to be in. I didn't want to, I'm tired of being a soccer mom. I'm tired of being a tiger mom. I'm tired of being a tired of being a spot So the only way that I could show myself or show, put myself in, get roles where, that I wanted to do was if I directed. That's what happened. So in five years, I would love to, I mean, I, can, I see myself in, um, in, in big features, uh, with, um, as an actor, uh, in these substantial roles that require both physical and emotional skill sets. Um, I mean, I, it would, I, I, I think I would die and go to heaven if Battlestar Galactica came back on sci-fi and, you know, <laughs> I was, you know, <laughs> the EXO or something, you know what I mean? Or, yeah. or even, you know, with, Edward James almost was, was uh, the, you know, the Battlestar uh, captain or admiral or whatever. Um, um, but having said that, um, there's something so great. I mean, I think there's something so great about being able to direct something every once in a while. I, I don't see my, I like directing. I don't have the passion for it as I do for acting. I mean, if I could show up on set and act every day, I, I, it, I would die. I mean, it would be like, really, this is my life? I can't even believe it. But, you know, um, I think the thing is, is that I haven't also developed a love, uh, like that, that just blinding love for directing, only because I haven't, it, it's really hard as an independent filmmaker. You know what I mean? Yes, now, I do. I think, it, I, think it, yeah, I think it would be, much more enjoyable if I didn't have to worry about, you know, stupid, stupid things like, you know. Money? How much money do we have for a production design budget? $200? Oh, wow. Well, that gets me a, that gets me like a piece of paper <laughs> in the background. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, you know, I, 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 don't, I don't like doing films like that where it's like, uh, well, you know, just wear a black shirt. Well, okay. Uh, and, and those are the decisions I, I have to come up with uh, right now. It's like, well, I don't really have a budget for that, so you have to wear a black shirt. And here's a piece of paper in the background to show that this is the house. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That this is the kitchen where the kid is. Here's a, here's a piece of paper. And I'm going to just draw like a child with a crayon. Um, I, so that's not enjoyable for me, that kind of like limiting... Uh, creativity limitations just because of things like money. And I think that if um, if those limitations were kind of taken away from me, and I wouldn't have to, and I don't have to worry about distribution, and I don't have to worry about you know paying hundreds of dollars to join to, to get into um, to get into um, contests or festivals so I can get my name up, then. It would be, I think, much more enjoyable. Yeah, I, because I'm wearing, as, as an indie filmmaker, I'm wearing both hats as, as director of producer, you know? I, I don't know yet. I, that's why I say so now. I don't know yet. It really depends on um, my growth as a filmmaker. What about stunts? Where do you see yourself? What about stunts? In, yeah. Where, <laughs> where do you see yourself in the, 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 the industry of stunts? Um... Well, I, I don't go out of 
as a stunt person. I never hustle for stunt work. Um, if it comes to me, like just the other day, somebody asked me to come and, you know, take a hit. Um, if it comes to me, I always say yes, absolutely. But I don't actually pursue it. Uh, and the reason why is that I had to make a decision. I mean, being an actor and trying to hustle as an actor, it's a freaking full-time job. That alone is a full-time job, you know? And then I'm trying to make movies about that. And it's like, oh, it's not like that two full-time jobs. On top of the day job I have to have in order to, like, pay my rent. You know? Um, and something had to give. And um, so now I, tr I train, and I train regularly. I train almost every day. Uh, and I do it for love. Because I love it. I do love it. I do love it. And I love being able to just step on set and and know that I can trust my physical body to do what it needs to do, you know? Um, so I don't think I'll act, I don't, um, I've already resigned myself to not pursuing a career and stuff. Um, I mean, when I moved to LA, I, I thought, oh, I could be a stunt person and I could be an actor. No, they don't work together. The, the two career paths are like, they, they butt heads, they don't work. Um, I have not been able to figure out how to do them both at the same time. I wish someone would tell me and how they do it, but I haven't been able to figure it out. Um, and I'm very good with time management. So um, if you know someone out there in the world can tell how to do it, that would be great, but I can't figure it out. Um, so I basically made a choice and, and just went with the acting route, uh, really putting all my putting my efforts and energy into pursuing an acting career. Um, that would that would you know come to fruition so is there anything that you want to share with female actress stunt females about the business that they should know about if they're trying to break in actors or directors um it can be stunt you can be stunt actors it can be actors it can be Anything. directors is what do you want to share Okay. Um, with women, you know, uh, with women, uh, with the act, with the with female actors, you know, the actresses, you know, uh, we talked about the casting couch earlier, yeah. and um, um, now here is my my subjective point of view. Okay. You know, before I was trying to be, you know. Objective, and here is my subjective point of view. Um, don't knowingly sell yourself like that, because that just that issues about self value and self worth, and then we have to you should deal with that. You know, I understand that if you if you really feel emotionally for somebody and they just happen to be a producer or director and you think that it could actually work as a relationship, go for it. Absolutely go for it. But don't just drop your pants just because you want to part. It's not worth it. Because that it's not because you will never you will never cherish you for yourself. Does that make sense? Yeah. You have so many gifts to give. Everyone, every 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 actor, every actress has so many gifts, gifts to give. Um, every person has so many gifts to give. There's no need to sell for it. You know, you just have to, and there is no shortcut. Eventually that shortcut becomes a long cut for sure. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, it takes its toll. Um, I, I think with uh, women, they, they suffer, uh, and this is what I learned from Walter College, actually. My dean told me this, and we had a really nice long conversation. She's like, women suffer from self-value issues. And I was like, no, I don't, dude, I don't have that. And, you know, lo and behold, two years later, I figured out I totally had that. <laughs> um, you know, don't devalue yourself. You are great. You are beautiful and unique who you are. Right now, every moment that you live, and if you if you believe that, if you had that, and you believe that, then it doesn't matter what you do in the audition room. It doesn't matter 
doesn't matter um, that you don't get the part. It doesn't matter that you uh, that you um, don't get called in. What matters is that you live and breathe this every day, and you do what you love every day. It's, you know, if you don't get called in for an audition, then go go read, find some find some sides online and read the scene and work it. And you're still acting. You know, you're still acting. You might not be acting and getting paid for it, but it's not about the money. You gotta act because you love it. You gotta um, do this because you love it. If you don't do this because you love it, go get another job. It's a lot easier and it's a lot less heartache. You know, um, do it because you love it. That was actress and director Toy Lee. If you'd like to learn more about Toy Lee and her amazing career and how to get a hold of her, you can go to playwithtoy.com. That is playwithtoy.com. Once again, thank you for listening to Prime Focus and always remember to Never be afraid to unleash your power to create. I'm going to leave you with this song called La Lenore by Cindy O'Connor. And we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to Prime Focus. Prime Focus is a radio show produced by the IHW Foundation. Music on today's episode is sponsored by the Alliance of Women Film Composers. To learn more about Prime Focus, the IHW Foundation, and the Alliance of Women Film Composers, please visit our website at www.ihwfoundation.org.